Now the proteins we're doing the uh, protein study ships, okay, which is all about the relationships of life. Um, and we've just started to begin to look at kinship, okay, which is our relationship to our home or to our family. And on Friday we were discussing the three major areas of influence on our spiritual life. And we said that they were our devotional life, our social life or our friends, and our home life, okay, our attitude of home. These three have a great influence on our spiritual condition. And, you know, these three areas of utmost importance when it comes to our condition, the devil knows this. The devil knows and understands that these three are of great importance, and so the devil will attack in areas seeking to get us to fall. He knows that if he can get us to neglect one of these areas, that it will have a flow-on effect, a domino effect, if you like. You know, for instance, if he can get us to neglect our devotions, that will in turn then affect our social life, won't it? It will affect the friends we hang around with, which will then in turn affect our family as well, okay, the attitude that we have at home. And so it has a flow-on effect, and the same is true of the others. You know, if he gets in through our friends, eventually that will have an effect upon our devotions and upon our home life. And again, same with our home. If it starts there, we'll move to the others as well. The point is the devil will attack in these areas because he knows how important they are for all of us as believers, not just you. Okay, they're important for all of us, these three areas of life. And so this, with this in mind this evening, we're doing the next study in proteins material. If you haven't guessed, I'm moving on to the next study for the teenagers. Um, but this evening, we're going to consider um, this great adversary, the devil, and what the Word of God tells us about our adversary and how we go about keeping him out of these three areas of life. And so this evening, we want to get First Peter chapter 5, and we want to consider three steps to victory. Three steps to victory. And the first one is found there in verse 8. It says that we are to be sober. In verse 8 there it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. The first thing we're told in this verse is we're told to be sober. And this word sober here speaks about having a controlled mind. Okay, or to have clear-headed thinking. It's the opposite of someone who is drunk. You know, someone drunk, their judgment is impaired, their mind is clouded, their understanding is clouded, and so they make foolish decisions. And so it's the opposite, opposite of that. Someone who is sober-minded has their mind under control. They've got a clear head about them. And Peter here tells in particular, we are sober or clear-headed when it comes to our adversary, the devil. In other words, we need to understand who our foe is, and we need to understand exactly what he is like. Now, we can't go through life as a Christian just ignoring the devil and just pretending that it doesn't exist. You know, just pretending that it doesn't matter. We have to understand that he is very real, and the danger he poses is very real to us as believers. We need to take him seriously. So we need to be sober-minded when it comes to our adversary. And Peter describes for us here our enemy in this verse. He says in verse 8, he says, Be sober, vigilant, because your adversary, the devil. He says that our adversary is the devil. You know, this name, devil, here, speaks about him being a slanderer. Okay, the devil is a slanderer. He is the great slanderer. You know, the devil is the one who is the great accuser of the brethren. Revelation chapter 12 tells us that. Just turn over there, Revelation 12. 
while you're turning that, I'm going to turn this fan down. Sorry, I feel like I'm going to take off up here. Revelation 12 and verse 10. It says, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. So the devil here, he's the one described as being the great accuser of the brethren. So what the devil is all about. The devil loves nothing more than to be able to slander and accuse the brethren. Now, we need to understand this as believers, both young and old. We need to understand that this is what the devil is out to do. You know, the devil isn't playing games with us. You know, he's, he's not playing games, and we need to understand that. He's a very real threat. The devil is very serious about destroying our testimony. That's what he's out to do. He's out to slander us, to destroy our testimony, and to bring reproach upon the name of Christ. We need to understand this, and we must take him seriously take that threat seriously you know peter goes on in this verse to tell us that not only is he the slanderer but also he says that he's like a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour so the devil is also a roaring lion you know this description this description makes us aware of the fact that he's a very dangerous enemy now it's a very vivid description isn't it you know a lion stalking its prey on the prowl, a lion that's hungry. And the devil is like this. The devil is, you know, someone who's very dangerous. He's not someone to be taken lightly as believers. He's not someone to be taken lightly. He is walking about seeking to devour us, to destroy us. You know, Revelation chapter 9, verse 11, the devil is called the great destroyer. I've now turned the fan off. Can't win. Try again. Revelation 9, verse 11. It says, and they, um, and they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. Now, both these names here mean destroyer. Both these names mean destroyer. And this is who Satan is. Satan is the great destroyer. And he wants nothing more than to be able to destroy the Christian spiritually. He wants to see us fall. He wants to see us fail the Lord. And as believers, we must understand this. And we must be sober-minded concerning him. Now, the devil is intelligent. The devil is powerful. The devil is a formidable enemy. And we must never joke about the devil. You know, the devil is not like they depict him in the cards, you know, this little guy with a red suit you know with a pitchfork and a tail he's not someone to be laughed at he's not a joke the devil is a real and powerful spiritual being and you and i must understand that we must be sober-minded have a clear head when it comes to facing this enemy you know part of this sober-mindedness means not only being serious about our enemy but it also means being serious about our spiritual condition being serious about our spiritual life. You know, we said at the start that there's three major influences on our spiritual condition. Our devotions, our social life, or our friends, and our home life. And you know, we must be serious about those three areas as well. Understand 
the importance of those areas, have a right mindset towards those important areas in our life. Now, we must understand the importance of reading God's Word every day. Now, whether we're a young person here this evening, a teenager or an older person, God's, devo- God's Word is just important for all of us. Having personal devotions is of utmost importance. Now, we need to make sure that God is the priority in our life, that He has first place. Be sober-minded when it comes to this. Be serious about our devotions. You know, when we fail to put the Lord first, when we fail to make Him a priority, what we are doing is we are weakening our defenses, aren't we? We're weakening our defenses and we're giving giving the devil an avenue of attack because we're not spending the time we should in the Word. We're not sober-minded about our devotions. The same is true when it comes to our friends, our social life. Now, if we're not sober-minded or having a a clear head about who we hang around with, being serious about making sure that our friends are godly, it will affect us. It will affect our testimony. It will give the devil an avenue of attack. You know, young people, especially this evening, make no mistake, the devil will use your friends to lead you astray. If the devil can get you to hang around the wrong crowd, he will use those friends to lead you away from the Lord. Now, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20, talks about the dangers of having the wrong kind of friends. Just turn there, Proverbs chapter 13. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20, it says, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. A companion of fools shall we destroy the wrong kind of friends will destroy us why because the devil has an avenue of attack and so we must be sober-minded when it comes to this area of life as well and we also must be sober-minded when it comes home when it comes to our attitude at home you know as a young your attitude towards your parents we talked about it on friday night didn't we extensively about the fact that god says that we are to obey and to honor our parents we are to respect them even if they are unsaved even if they don't love the Lord, we still have to honor and obey our parents. Still have to respect them. You see, when our attitude at home is wrong, what happens is that opens the door for bitterness, as we talked about Friday night as well. Bitterness to set in, to enter into our lives and become bitter towards our parents, towards our family, towards others, and destroys our life, doesn't it? We've let the devil come into our life. And so in all three areas of life, all three of these important areas, you and I must be sober-minded. Take it seriously. Be serious about our spiritual condition as well as being serious about the attacks of the devil, being serious about the adversary that we face. Not only must we be sober, but we're also told here to be suspicious. Be suspicious. Go back to 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. It says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour we're told here to be vigilant you know this word vigilant here means to be watchful or to be alert to be on guard it's the idea of being awake you know you're not asleep at the watch you're awake you're alert you know having understood how dangerous the devil really is understood that we need to take him seriously take the threat seriously we secondly must be on our guard. We must be suspicious, vigilant. 
Be constantly at the ready. Be alert. We need to be on guard against the wiles of the devil. Now, as we said, the devil wants to bring us down. The devil wants to destroy our testimony. He wants to see our suspicions quit. And therefore, we need to be ever watchful for those attacks, watching for those attacks against our devotional life, our social life, our home life. Be watchful for the attacks of the devil. Now, consider for, for a moment, if you would, the illustration of someone walking through a dangerous neighborhood. Now, there's a dangerous neighborhood. It's known for um, being a, a dangerous place. Muggings happen or whatever it might be. You know, there's two ways that you can walk through that dangerous neighborhood. The first way is in complete ignorance, isn't it? You can walk through that neighborhood, walk, walk through that street in complete ignorance, confidently just striding down the street, enjoying the walk, enjoying the scenery, oblivious to the danger that you're in. On the other hand, someone who has been informed that it's a dangerous neighborhood, they're going to walk down that same street in a totally different way, aren't they? They're going to walk down that same street with you know, their, their, their mind alert. They're watchful. They're vigilant. They're suspicious. You know, they're constantly looking out for trouble. It's a bit of a poor illustration, I know, but the point is it's like the Christian life. You see, we can walk through the Christian life one of two ways. We can walk through the Christian life ignorant of the threat. You know, just, we've got the blinkers on. We're just walking through the Christian life ignoring the devil pretending he doesn't exist. And basically what we're doing is we're sleeping through life. And you know, the result of that is that the attacks of the devil come and we're blindsided because we didn't coming. The attacks of the devil come and we, we find ourselves defeated. We find ourselves struggling in sin. Perhaps even we're led astray and we get to the point where we're no longer serving the Lord. Why? Because we were ignorant. We weren't watchful. We weren't paying attention. We weren't suspicious. Now, on the other hand, we can walk through life, as Peter tells us here, be sober, be well aware of who he is, take him seriously, and we can be vigilant, be watchful, be alert, be suspicious. Now, the devil is a roaring lion walking about, seeking who he may devour. We must be alert. Be alert to his acts. Now, Satan is waiting to pounce. And you and I need to be ready. We must be vigilant. You know, that means being suspicious in the sense of testing everything according to God's word. You know, when it comes to our friends that we tested according to God's word, is this the kind of person I should hang around with? When it comes to, you know, home, how should I act at home? We tested according to God's word. Be suspicious also when it comes to false doctrine and things like that too. We've talked about that in the book of Jude, haven't we? Extensively. Being suspicious, testing things according to God's word. Don't just blindly follow. Be alert, be watchful. You know, if we are going to be vigilant, if we're going to be watchful, then really it comes back to us knowing the word of God. You know, the better you and I know God's word, the more we, we understand God's word and understand our God, the better we will be able to recognize the attacks of the devil. The better we will be able to, to recognize them when they come. Now, we will be able to recognize these attacks on our social life and on our home life and on our devotional life when we are spending time in God's Word and we know our God. We can't hope to recognize these things if we don't spend time with Him. As we saw the other week in Jude, 
It talks about us constantly building ourselves up on our most holy faith. Spiritual growth is of utmost importance. If you and I are going to stand, if you and I are going to stand against the attacks of the devil, be alert and recognize these things. Spiritual growth is of utmost importance. So we need to not only be sober, but we also need to be suspicious, be alert. And then thirdly here, we are told that we need to be steadfast. We need to be steadfast. Look in verse 9. It says, Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. You know, Peter here lastly tells us that we are to resist the devil steadfast in the faith. Now, we've seen that we need to be sober or to be clear-minded, take the devil seriously, take our spirituality seriously. We also need to be vigilant, be watchful, be suspicious. But now we're told to stand and resist steadfast in the faith. Now, it's interesting, isn't it, that we're told to stand and resist. Stand and resist the devil. The reason I say it's interesting is because in various other passages in the Word of God, we're told to flee from various different evils, aren't we? 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 18, we're told there to flee fornication. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 14, we're told to flee from idolatry. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 11, we're told to flee from all sorts of different evils and we're told to pursue righteousness. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 22, it says, flee youthful lusts. In all these different passages, we're told to flee from these various different evils, these sins. But notice that nowhere in the Word of God are we told to flee from the devil. We're not told to flee, to run from the devil. Why? Because that's a futile effort. You can't run from the devil. Quite the opposite. Rather, instead, we are told to stand and resist the devil. James tells us the exact same thing as Peter. James chapter 4. James chapter 4 and verse 7 it says, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You know, James here tells us the exact same thing. We're given the same command. It says, resist the devil. But you know, James adds something to it here. He adds the assurance that if we resist the devil, he will flee from us. You see, rather than us fleeing from him, as we stand and resist, the devil flees from us. You know, we must understand something here. We're not to stand and resist in our own strength. And that we need to understand. We're not to stand and resist the devil in our own strength. You see, we have no strength to resist the devil. No strength to resist his attacks. Rather, instead, we are told to resist how steadfast in the faith, First Peter says. And in James, it says that we are to submit to God. It's the same thing. We are to do it by faith in Him. That is how we resist. That is how we stand against the attacks of the devil. It's trusting in the Lord. It's in His power. It's in His strength that we overcome and we are able to be victorious. Turn to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. We read these verses the other week, but 1 John 5 verse 4 says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. 
Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? You know, John tells us basically the same truth. He says here that we overcome the world by faith. And the principle applies when it comes to the devil. We overcome by faith. Faith in the Lord. Faith in Him and Him alone. Not in ourselves and our own ability. You know, I think David and Goliath here is a good example of this. You know, David, he took his stand before the giant Goliath, trusting not in himself, not in his own ability, but rather trusting in the strength and power and might of his God. That's how he stood before Goliath. He wasn't trusting in his ability with his sling. He was trusting in the power of his great God. He stood by faith. And the same is true for us. As we stand and resist the devil, we are to do it trusting in God, in his power, in his might. We cannot hope to resist him on our own, but with God... We can overcome. We can stand fast and be victorious. You know, in Ephesians, the Apostle Paul tells us that God has given us everything we need to stand. Just go to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, and let's read from verse 10. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. Having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints." You know, here Paul tells us the same thing. He says we ought to stand in his power, in the power of his might. And he goes on and he tells us about the armor, armor sorry, that the Lord has given to us. The armor that we are to put on as we stand against the wiles of the, of the devil, against his attacks. God has provided us the armor and we put it on by faith, by spending time in God's word through the power of the spirits. God has given us the armor and he's given us the weapons as well. He's given us the sword and prayer, the word of God and prayer. You see, he's given us all we need to stand. You and I just need to stand by faith, trusting in him. You know, Christ has given us the perfect example to follow when it comes to this matter of resisting the devil. Matthew chapter 4. I know we know it well, but let's turn over there. Matthew chapter 4. We have the temptation of Christ, Matthew 4. Now let's just read from verse 1. Matthew 4, verse 1, it says, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness, tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. 
And he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into a holy city, into the holy city, and setteth him on the pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh him up in seating high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan. For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him. And behold, angels came and ministered unto him. You know, in Matthew 4 here, we have recorded the temptation of Christ. On three occasions here, the devil comes and tempts the Lord to sin. And on each occasion, Christ responds by resisting the devil with the word of God. Resisting the devil with the sword. You see, we are to resist the devil in the same way we are to resist the devil by wielding the sword of God, the word of God. That's how we resist. That's how we resist his attacks. It's with God's holy word. You know, we can't hope to do this unless we know his word. It's a bit hard to wield the sword if you and I don't know the sword. We don't know the word. This is why it comes back again to our devotions. It's why they're so important that you and I spend time with the Lord. It's the word of God that builds you and I up in the faith. It's the word of God that strengthens us. In the faith. And as we are built up in the faith, God then enables us to overcome. God is the one who protects us. We saw that the other week, didn't we, in Jude verse 24? Just turn there quickly. Jude and verse 24, it says, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. So let's start there. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. God is able to keep us from falling. God and God alone. As you and I trust in Him, as you and I spend time with Him, walking in the Spirit, God then will give us the God will give us the strength to overcome, the strength to resist, steadfast in the faith. You know, Peter ends verse nine here by telling us that we're not alone in this battle. In verse nine again in First Peter five it says, "Who resists steadfast in the faith?" knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. You know, we all face the same attacks. As we stand and resist steadfast in the faith, we know that others are going through the same attacks. We all have the exact same adversary, the devil. And he attacks every single one of us as believers, young and old. He attacks all of us. The wonderful thing about that is that when you are experiencing his attacks, you don't have to feel like it's just us. You know, somehow I'm a terrible person. That's why the devil's attacking me. We're all the same. We're all attacked by the devil. What it means is that you and I can get alongside and encourage one another in this battle. Encourage one another in the faith. You know, beloved, there is a spiritual battle raging. And the devil would love nothing more than to see us fall, to see us fail. 
to destroy our testimony and get us to quit. You know, Peter, he gives us here three clear instructions on how to be victorious. He says to be sober, to be clear-minded, to take our adversary seriously and to take our spiritual condition seriously as well. Be suspicious or be vigilant. To be watchful, be alert, be constantly on our guard. Not sleeping through life, but awake, alert. And thirdly, he tells us to be steadfast in the faith. To resist the devil's attacks, standing fast upon the faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, only in God's power can we hope to overcome. Be sober, be suspicious, be steadfast. Let's close in a word of prayer. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we do thank you, Lord, for your word. And Lord, indeed, our adversary, the devil, is indeed walking about, seeking whom he may devour. And Lord, I pray that you'd help each of us, Lord, whether we're a teenager this evening or an older person, Lord, you help all of us, Lord, to understand that, Lord, our adversary is very real. Help us, Lord, to be sober-minded, to take him seriously, Lord to be suspicious be vigilant and help us lord to stand fast in the faith stand fast for you trusting in you lord we pray may bless as we close may remember these truths in jesus name